Well, we're in the second part of the series called Hearing God, and I'm excited about this because I think you're going to get some more revelation about how to hear from God. Because my job is to teach you, to show you, and thoroughly convince you that you're supposed to be hearing from God. That you can actually hear from God. It's not a mystery. It's not some kind of supernatural thing that only some people can have. But God wants to talk to all of his people. Amen? Even in Genesis 2-7, it says that God formed man out of what? The dust of the earth. Right? He got down in the dirt and he made and he formed man. Hand formed it. You know, everything else he spoke. But he hand formed man. And so... The Bible says that from dirt we were made and from dirt we'll return. That's exciting, isn't it? <laughs> Basically, you're just dirt. You know, there's some bigger dirt, some smaller dirt. So there's some darker dirt, some prettier dirt. But no matter what you do, you can paint it up. You can stretch it out, you can cut it out, but eventually it's going to wear out. Amen? No matter what we do. But the Bible says the grass uh, fades and the wither and, and the flower fades away, but the word of God endures forever. So when we put that word of God on the inside of us, we will live forever. It's not the body that's going to live, but it's the spirit that God breathed into the nostrils of God. Is that personal or what? He breathed in. Can you get the picture of that? Face to face, God blew into his nostrils. Now, I ask Gurney to come up here for me and just demonstrate this a little bit. Now, that's close, isn't it? When you're that close to someone in the nostrils. I mean, usually when you meet somebody, usually when you meet somebody, it's about like about arm's distance, right? You know. How you doing, Ernie? Good to see you. Fine, thank you. You're doing well? Pleasure, yes, I am. Good to see you here today, okay? Likewise, yeah. But now, if you get any closer than that, it gets a little more uncomfortable, isn't it? How you doing, Ernie? So good to see you, Ernie. God bless you. Fine, thank yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. You look real, up close, you look real good. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Right. Now, if you get any closer than that, it's really, you know, scary. Hey, Ernie, it's good to see you, buddy. So glad to see you. Pastor Sheep Bonding. Yeah, well, it really wonderful. Okay. I'm not going to blow into his nostrils, but <laughs> you can get the idea about how close God was when he blew into the nostrils. So let's look at some scriptures here in John uh, 14 and 27. It says, I am the good shepherd. He said good shepherd because guess what? There's some bad shepherds out there. So I'm the good shepherd. I know my sheep and my sheep know me. So why does he know the sheep? Because he's with them all the time. He, he's, he's watching them. He's guarding over them. He's looking at them. He's observing them. And he knows their characteristics. He knows their shape, you know, their, their, their face. You know, you might say all sheep look alike. But actually, you know, if you look at them real close, they, they don't look all alike. And so he knows those. And the sheep know him. Why? Because he's speaking to them. He's talking to them. And so when you're talking to the Father and the Father's talking to you, you get to know his voice. Now, talking is the word of God that you put on the inside of your heart. And that, that what you hear when you're reading is the same voice you're going to hear when he's talking to you. And so the Bible says the spirit of man is the candle of the Lord. So your spirit is what God uses to speak to you. 
So when you're reading the Bible and you hear that word, you go like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So then when you're outside and he speaks to you, it's going to be that same word that you heard when you were reading. Very easy, isn't it? It says, I, I, I know my sheep and I am known by my own. My sheep, listen, it says, listen here. Mine says, hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. My sheep, doesn't say the shepherds hear my voice. It says, the sheep doesn't say the prophets or the big prophetic ministry gift that comes into town. Only he can hear the voice of the Lord. No, you can too. So if you're a sheep, guess what? You're supposed to be hearing the voice of the Lord. That's the way it is. It's made that way. You know, I called Raina the other day. She's having some surgery on her knee, and I went to talk to her. And uh, I thought I was calling someone else. And I said, hello. And she said, Pastor, I know it's your voice. I, I, I listen to your voice. On the website, I know your voice. <laughs> that was my imitation of Raina. No. <laughs> so some people I call up, I go, hi, this is Pastor Chuck. They go, Pastor, Pastor Chuck, Pastor Chuck. Oh, Pastor Chuck, yes, yes, yes. <laughs> You're not listening to me on the website. You don't know my voice. But so the voice of the shepherd, they hear and they follow. If you're following the Lord, he's going to talk to you. If you're doing things that he, that he wants you to do, he's going to guide and direct you. If you're just sitting on the couch, he's not going to tell you anything because th there's nothing to tell you. It's like a, a parked car. You don't have to steer a parked car, do you? It's just, it's right there. But if you're moving, he's going to say, go to the left, go to the right, do this, do that. So there's four, there's ways to, that God talks to us. Uh, Let's see that, that scripture, that uh, slide. Well, here, here's the sheep there. He's still out there. The shepherd is still out there watching the sheep day and night, day and night. And God is watching over us, what? Day and night. And the next, next slide. There's a good shepherd. That, that's a better shepherd, isn't it? The good shepherd. And the next slide will talk to us about the stages of hearing. We went over this last week. Continue. One is inherent. We are born to be able to hear. Our, our ears are, uh, are meant, once you get born again, you have born again ears to hear the voice of the Lord. You have the ability to hear the shepherd. But you have to practice it. You have to learn it. You have to learn how to, you know, sense the presence of the Lord, sense his voice speaking to you. Is that the Lord speaking to me? I don't know. And my son's going to talk about that, that inner witness about how he's, he speaks to you. It's so subtle and so gentle, you don't even know it's him. But it's him speaking to you. And the more you observe and hear to, hear, adhere to that, the more you get to hear more clearly. I had one lady tell me, she says, I just told the Lord, go ahead, speak as loud as you can. Speak real, real big and bold to me. I need to hear it. Go ahead, tell me. And God will do that. And then you mature in your, your, um, your, speak, your, your hearing from the Lord. You have to open your spirit, develop your heart and your capacity to hear. Amen? Amen. Now, the written word, oh, okay. This got out of sequence a little bit here. Let's see what the next one is, and then we'll flip back. Okay, here we go. Uh, the written word is the logos, the logos, they call it. Uh, it's it's uh, just like the Bible when you read it, it's like a love letter to you. How many of you remember getting love letters? Anybody getting more love letters? There you go. What, what, isn't it so nice to get a love letter? Yes. Say, I just love you. You're just so sweet. I like to be in your presence. You make me smile. You know me so well. I just love to be with you. Oh, yes. Can you 
put it in your pocket, and then, you know, maybe 15 minutes later, let me read that again. <laughs> I just love you. You're so sweet. You're so nice. And that's what we do with the Lord, isn't it? He tells us sweet things. He says in 1 John 3, 1, it says, Behold, what manner of love the Father has bestowed upon us, that we shall be called the sons of God. Now, you have to meditate on that for a little bit, don't you? You have to say, okay, I am a son of God. I am, I am a son of God. You have to meditate on that so much that it becomes real in your heart, and you start to believe it and start saying, okay, so if I'm a son, he's my dad. And I can believe that and adhere to it and, and, and trust in his word. Like people, some people say, well, I did this sin, but I, I don't believe God forgave me. Well, what does the Bible say? The Bible says he did forgive you. He threw your sins into the sea of forgetfulness, never to be remembered anymore. So are you calling God a liar? He forgave you because it's written there. It's written that you're a son of God, a daughter of God, that God loves you. He calls you to be his forever. Amen? So have you ever gotten a, a letter when we were in grade school? Can you remember that far back? When, when you like somebody and you would send them a note and a letter to them, you know, or actually you'd go through somebody because you, you weren't bold enough to send them a letter. Does, I like so-and-so. Does, does she like me? Yes yeah. yeah, yes or no. <laughs> and then, you'd send, then she, she'd send a letter through someone else to come to you. She says, yes, I, I think you're really special. And then you think about it a minute. Hmm. Special. Does that mean like I'm in the Special Olympics type guy, you know? <laughs> you're special. You're, or, or does it mean special? I don't like you, but you're, you're pretty special for somebody else. <laughs> or does it mean that you're special? You're the most special person I ever met, number one in the whole world. We have to study the Word of God, let it get into our hearts, and find out if what God is speaking to us, it can become real in our hearts. That's the the spoken word is that now you, you, you are able to take that as him speaking to your heart. It's not just written down on the pages that he's the son of God, that we're the sons of God, but now it's real and it speaks to your heart. And so then there's other ways you hear the audible voice, that big boomy voice that you hear from heaven, which God doesn't use that much anymore. I mean, unless he needs to direct you in a certain way, but mainly it's the inner voice and the inner witness that God uses to direct us. Now, here's the thing. Let's go up the, to the, the previous slide. Now, I'll bring a new concept to you. Already, we already found out that we are sheep. Isn't that exciting? Now, it says here in John 15, 14 through 15, "You are my friends." Woo! We went from sheep to friends in just one week. Isn't that nice? Tell someone next to you. You still look like a sheep, though. <laughs> <laughs> and you smell like one, two. No, that's not, that's not, no, 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 forget it. No, okay. <laughs> that was the song, wasn't it? <laughs> Where they add that on there? So it says, you are my friends if you do whatever I command you. No longer do I call you servants, for a servant does not know what his master is doing, but I have called you Friends. Isn't that good news? Yeah. Friends. 
Newsflash. God is looking for some friends. Late breaking news. Do you want to be his friend? Wanted, wanted. Friends of God. Hallelujah. You know, there, there are some friends that God talked about in the Bible, in the Old Testament. Do you remember? Abraham was his friend. He was called a friend of God. It's mentioned quite a few times. He talked with him. He talked with God. And God came and had a meal with him with two other angels. Came down and, and visited him and spoke with him. That's pretty special, isn't it? They were discussing how, uh, how God was going to wipe out Sodom and Gomorrah. And Abraham had that great dialogue of saying, wait a minute, wait a minute now, Lord. I know you're a righteous God and everything, but you know, you want to wipe out a whole city? What if 50 people were righteous in that? Would you wipe it out for 50 people? He said, no, I would, wouldn't do it for 50. And they went down 45, all the way down to 10. What kind of a person argues with God? Uh, there you go. A friend can do it. Have you ever talked a friend into doing something? All the, why? Because there's a relationship. There, there's a communion, camaraderie, you know? You do it for me, I do it for you. You know, that's the way it is in Italian world. <laughs> but in the spiritual world, God will do things for his friends. Like Pastor Gary George, he ministered on Father's Day. He says, I don't usually minister anymore, but for you, Pastor Chuck, since you're my friend, I'll do it. Rado Heidelberg, who, does, who performs with the saxophone, says, I, I don't perform anymore. I teach now, but for you, Pastor Chuck, I will come because you're my friend. Amen? People will do things for you because they're your friend. And so Moses also spoke to God face to face like a friend. He argued with God too. God said, I'm going to wipe out these children of Israel. They're stiff-necked, hard-headed. I can't live with them. I'm going to wipe them out and start all over again. Moses said, wait a minute, wait a minute. Let's get, get your senses here a minute. He says, uh, and this is the way friends talk to each other. They can get away with this kind of talk. He says, you are the righteous God. If you do that, people will say you weren't able to bring them out of the land of Egypt, that you weren't good on your promises, and, and you're going to look bad. God said, okay, all right, Moses. I'll, I'll, I'll you know, not do that. What, what, kind of, what kind of guy talks to God like that? His friend. They, they had what they called a tent of meeting, where God would have, I mean, Moses would have a tent, and God would come and visit him in the tent. And all the other children of Israel were watching, going like, whoa, look at that. Mm -hmm. The glory cloud came. So you want to talk to God? Mm -mm, not me. Uh-uh, I can't talk. But Moses can talk to God. Can you talk to God? Or do you have a tent of meeting where God can come and just be there and, and, and show himself and be comfortable with you and talk to you like a friend talks to a friend? Amen. You get an encouraged journey to do this? How about Enoch? Enoch walked with God. And when they were walking, what were they doing? They were talking, weren't they? You don't just walk and not talk. I walk with my wife. We go around the track a few times. If I don't talk, she said, what's wrong? <laughs> Nothing. I'm just not talking. What do you mean you're not talking? You can talk, can't you? Yeah, I can talk. Well, I'm just not. No, when you're walking, you're talking. And I, I heard this from uh, a testimony of Rick Joyner. I don't know if any of you guys know Rick Joyner, but he met Enoch in heaven. And he said, Enoch was just a friendly, happy, joyful person. 
You know, I, I never heard that. That's amazing. But that makes sense why God was walking with Enoch, and they're having a good time, and God said, why don't you just come over and sleep at my house tonight? Do you remember when you were kids and you'd do that? You'd have good be playing with your friends, and you'd go to your parents, you'd go, can, can Billy stay overnight? No, I don't think. Oh, come on, Mom. We don't want to just leave each other. We want to be friends. We want to talk the whole night. All right, all right. It was such a joy. That's, that's how I knew I was supposed to marry Marianne. Because we'd be, you know, together on a date, having a good time, then talking, and then take her to the, her house. And we couldn't go in the house because her brothers were there. So we'd be out in the car <laughs> talking. I said, oh, I got to go home. And then I drop her off, go home, go in, and then in the morning, go pick her up, go do whatever you want to do, and this day after day after day, I go, why am I going home? I should just stay with her. <laughs> so God says, I want to be your friend forever. I want to be with you all the time. I'll never leave you or forsake you. Do we have anybody that wants to be God's friend out there? Amen. <laughs> says, I called you friend. Now let me ask you this. What is some attributes of being a friend in the natural? Someone that you just like. Something about them, their smile, their joy, their love. You just, you just like them, right? And then they like you. They think good of you. They want to be with you. There's a connection, so you want to spend time with them. It's usually mutual. It's not forced. It just flows. Isn't that what a friend is? You know, we don't have a lot of friends. Uh, you know, we have a lot of acquaintances, but there's not very many true friends. But the Bible says Jesus is a friend that sticks closer than a brother. He'll stick with you. And then it gets deeper. You learn to trust them. You watch out for each other. You're concerned with each other. You go through things together, and you have fun together. Isn't that what friends do? We're supposed to have fun with God. It's supposed to be a joy to be with him. And ask, you know, he's there, ask me anything. Go ahead, ask me. <laughs> well, what about this person over here? What about that situation over there? What about my job here? What, 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 what can I do about that? He's willing to talk to us. He's a friend. It's natural. We're supposed to have fellowship with each other. And then as you get deeper, guess what? You tell each other secrets. You build a bond. You go through life together. And then you find out you can't go on without the other person. You live together. God wants to be your friend. Now, who wouldn't want to be friends of God? He's the easiest person to be around. The Bible says that in his presence is fullness of joy. If you're full of joy, there's no other joy you can have. That's it. You're full. He thinks the world of you. Did you know that? He calls you the apple of his eye. Whew, he's so in love with you. He's connected to you. He gave you his Holy Spirit to dwell in you. You can't get any closer than that. I'll get on the inside of you. When Marianne and I were dating, we wanted to be close to each other. In fact, even when we were driving, we had those, uh, what do they call them, those bench seats. We didn't have the bucket seats. We'd have the bench seats, and she'd be right up, right on my side, just right there and in my ear and talking to me and... The policeman came by, and he got on his bullhorn. He said, could you please move away from the driver? 
I said, thank you, policeman. <laughs> when we go out to eat, we didn't eat like where you sit across from each other at the table. No, 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 no. We needed to be close to each other, on the same side of the table, touching each other. God wants to, he wants to get so close to you, he says, I'll get on the inside of you. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. You can trust him. He's loyal. He looks out for you. He's got your back. Psalms 91.1 says, He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He's my refuge. He's my strength. My God in Him will I trust. He's got your back when things don't look right. God said, I'll cover it for you. I'll make it right for you. Praise the Lord. In Isaiah 45.3 it says, He will give us hidden treasures Stored in secret places. He's going to tell you some secrets about where some money is. Hallelujah. Amen? Amen. This is a good God. This is a God that says, I want to be with you. I want to be your friend. I, I had a guy in high school. He said, I want to be your friend. I go, okay. And he was a popular guy. I, and, and, you know, sometimes it's not good to be with the popular guys because they, they're just, you know, they, they get popular. They don't need you around anymore. <laughs> but he was a popular guy. He wants to be friends with me. I was acquaintances and friends with a lot of the guys. But anyway, he said, I'll be your friend. And, okay, after two weeks, he says, I don't want to be your friend no more. <laughs> so what? What's wrong with you? <laughs> but Jesus doesn't do that. He wants to be your friend forever. The apostle John, he called himself the disciple whom Jesus loved. At the Last Supper, he was leaning on Jesus, his bosom. That's pretty amazing, isn't it? The King of glory, the one who's going to get crucified, and you're leaning on his bosom, you're cuddling up with the Lord of glory. Now, we're going to have that men's ministry meeting, and we're not going to be doing any cuddling, us men, okay? I'll tell you that much right now. <laughs> Don't be trying nothing, Lewis. I tell you, I, I, I'm watching you. <laughs> but Jesus didn't mind being in fellowship with the men. And then Ju Jesus called Judas a friend when he came to betray him with a kiss. Friend, where have you come? Why are you doing this? Now, I looked up that word kiss. It means to have affection for and denoting a personal attachment as a matter of sentiment or feeling. It wasn't just a peck on the cheek. It was a good kiss on the cheek on both sides, you know, the Italian way. Mm. Mm. Now, Ernie tries to do that to me every once in a while. That's right. He, he, and I don't take offense to it. I, I, I know where he's coming from. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> And now, the word friend means a close friend like a best man at a wedding. Jesus was a close friend with Judas. Didn't think it was unusual that for him to come up and give him a kiss. And Jesus still loved him. How much more us, who are his sons and daughters and are trying to do the right thing. Jesus loved him and he loved us. Now, you may fall out of graces. You know, you may make a mistake, but God still loves you. I mean, King David, he did the worst thing that you could possibly do, but God still loved him and restored him. Amen? So let's look at a couple more slides here. So how to hear from God. 
You, you want to know? Four easy steps, and then we're going to do something uh, as an exercise. I'll just, I'll just give them to you. One is set an appointment with God. Because if you don't set an appointment, you're going to miss your appointment with Him. If you're trying to fit Him in, He won't fit in. Because you get busy. He's always available. But you, what do you mean set an appointment? Uh, set a time and a place that, he'll be, that, that you'll meet with Him and He'll be there. He'll be there waiting for you. I do it the first thing in the morning when I wake up. I'm ready to meet Him. I'm fresh. My spirit's open. And we have an understanding and so guess what? When I wake up, he's already there. He's at the foot of the bed sitting. I, I was waiting for you to get up. <laughs> I tried to wake you up early, but you just couldn't get up. I'm, I'm, let's, let's, have, let's go. Let's have some fellowship. Yes, Lord. Praise the Lord. Because if you don't make an appointment, you're going to have some disappointments. Yeah. Come on, talk to me. You're going to miss out what God has for you. The next thing is you, you have to be still and worship. Be still. Stand still and know that he is God. Amen? Because God is a spirit, and you must worship him in spirit and truth. To be able to connect with him, you have to get into the spiritual realm. He's not like a flesh and blood type person. You have to open your heart and say, Lord, you, you have to prepare yourself to receive his spirit. Praise God. The next one is pray and read. Psalms 119, 147. It says uh, that... Um, David said, I rise before the dawning of the morning and cry for help, I hope, in your word. So you cry the word of God, you pray the word of God to the Father, and that's the language that he understands. Oh, yeah, I understand that. You know, when I was going to school, and I'm still going to school, but, I, you know, they would give us a test, and they'd ask us questions about history. And I'd answer the questions according to the way I felt about it, you know. And then I got my paper back. I got a C. I'm going like, what do you give, what do you give me a C for? These were good answers. But it wasn't the, the lecture that they had given me that they wanted me to spit back to them. You know what I'm saying? They wanted me to say what they said to me in the lecture. That's what they wanted to see if I would s s uh, speak back to them. So I said, oh, you want to play that way, huh? <laughs> no thinking involved. Just spit it back. Okay. So the next test, they asked me the questions, and I just practically copied it out of the book. Okay, what, did, what, what happened uh, with uh, King Alexander? Let me tell you, this is what happened. Boom, 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 boom. A. So guess what? In the kingdom of God, they got the Bible. God writes some things. I am the Lord that healeth thee. I am the Lord that delivereth thee. Okay, you want healing? All right. Lord, you said you're the Lord that healeth me. You're the Lord that delivereth me. He goes, oh, I know. I recognize that. I wrote that. <laughs> I can make it good. Amen? Is this easy or what? Pray and read. And the th fourth thing is listen and write. And David, I, I, I mentioned this last week. David said, that's the way I found out about the plans for the, for the tabernacle and for the, for the uh, temple. He said, the Lord made me to understand in writing by his hand upon me all the work and details to be done according to his plan. So God, he, he, uh, he goes through our hands. 
when we write, so last week what we did as an exercise, we're going to do a different exercise today, but last week when we were, our exercise was just to sit, be still, let the Lord talk through us on paper and write what you think he's saying to you. And you learn how to hear his voice through your writing. And, you know, you may not be 100% correct, but if you're doing the word of God and you're doing what he says, he thinks, what you think he's saying, you'll perfect it and you'll get better at it and he'll be speaking through you because then after a while, you don't even need the paper anymore. You just do it, just, you can hear his voice. Now, last thing, let's go uh, to Zephaniah. Keep going. Got to go through it a little bit here. Boom. Zephaniah 317. Now, this is, I'm gonna, this is, the, this is the exciting part of this, if it wasn't exciting already, okay? This is the, we're really going to get into it. You ready? Okay, and this is, you know, this is, um, we're going to do our homework in class. I don't trust you to take it home and do it, Okay. <laughs> like reading, uh, listening to Glory. How many did it? One person. Okay, we're not gonna we're not gonna do that. We're gonna do it here in class. Because here's a principle that I learned in Zephaniah three seventeen. Look at what the Lord says: The Lord thy God in the midst of thee is mighty. We know that. He will save. He will rejoice over thee with joy. He will rest in his love. He will joy over thee with singing. What is the Lord doing up there? He's rejoicing. He's singing. He's having joy. He's not up there going, oh, you know what? These people are just driving me crazy. You know, I'm just having, uh, you know, again and again. And No. He's rejoicing over us. Look at my people. They're saved. They're, they're witnessing. They love me. They're telling others about me. I just, I just rejoice. I'm so glad over them. Now, let's look at this definitions of rejoice. Rejoice means to be glad greatly, greatly, church, greatly. You ever been, well, how do you get glad greatly? It's uh, something on the inside. To, uh-oh, leap for joy. woo I just love the Lord. I just, he's so good to me. I just praise <laughs> his holy name. Blessed be his holy name. Wake up. Wake up, boy. To leap for joy, to spring over thee, to spring over thee with joy. When I was younger, I could do better, but. <laughs> to, see, this is the way David was dancing. And his wife said, you're looking like a fool out there, you being the king, and you're dancing all over the place, and your robes are falling off. He said, I'll do even much more than that. That young lady. To joy means to have mirth, gladness. To, another definition of joy in this uh, scripture is to dance to go in a circle. To exult, rejoice, to spin around under an influence of an emotion. You got any emotion out there? Singing with what? Loud shouts. Brother, we don't sing that loud at this church. You have to be quiet. No, you don't have to be quiet. If you, if you, don't, if you like it being quiet, you may not like heaven. <laughs> okay, now you put it all together. What does it say? Next scripture. 
This is, this is it with the definitions included in there. It says, the Lord thy God in the midst of thee is mighty. He will save. He will rejoice. Be glad and greatly making joy and mirth over you, rejoicing and leaping and springing over thee with joy, mirth and gladness. He will rest in his love. He will joy and dance in a circle, exulting, rejoicing, and spinning around under the influence of an emotion and singing with loud shouts of triumph. Now, here's my question. If he's up there doing that, what are we doing down here? <laughs> we should copy him. We should, be, we should model. He, he's modeling the way we should be to bring heaven down to earth so that we can do the same thing he is. Now, the Bible says that, that uh, he didn't love, uh, we didn't love him first. He first loved us. So that same energy, that same dancing, that same rejoicing that's going up into heaven, you can receive that into you so that you can give back to him. This is where you come out of yourself. Come out of your, 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 your stiffness and your, your, you know, your rigidness and your, you know, holy, you know, the, the, whatever this is. I don't know. <laughs> he, he wants you to, to, to express yourself. You know, in a ball game, when somebody hits a home run, what do you do? Yay! Woo! Yes! Indeed! Now, some people are a little more reserved. They'll go, yeah, praise good, 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 good shot. Other people just be, be, be keeping the score. Okay, that's a HR home run, okay? <laughs> but I, I, I'm here to tell you, I went to a church where, you know, I was raised in a church where very reserved. They didn't do any of that kind of stuff. Then I went to a church where they're dancing all over the place, getting crazy. We call it crazy. You know, praise and crazy together, crazy. And, and I started looking, like, what in the world are they doing? And then I said, well, let me try it a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> and they said, well, start with the hallelujah shuffle. You know the hallelujah shuffle? Yeah. This is kind of this thing right here. <laughs> Woo! And I said, oh, that's pretty good. That's pretty good. Then I saw the little girls dancing. You know, they're doing that, that dance where they. they... <laughs> I said, I said, where did, they, where did they learn to do that? Were they just, did they just come out of the womb like that, or what, what's happened? No, they practice at home. Oh, you practice doing this. So I would go home and I practice. Marianne can do it better than I am. She does it real good. <laughs> she's, not in, she's not in dance mode readiness yet. <laughs> but, but, uh, so, but you do that, and then the Spirit of the Lord comes upon you, and all of a sudden, you're in heaven doing what God's doing. So I would, what I would do is i get up early in the morning, 3 o'clock, don't want to scare anybody, but 3 o'clock in the morning, and I would go into the living room, and I would dance before the Lord. Praise Jesus. And I would imagine him in the throne room dancing, and imagine me there with him, dancing in front of him, performing with him. And we had a beautiful time, and I could feel his presence. It came into the room, and it was like heaven on earth. And then I said to him, I said, Lord, don't you think like maybe I should be praying about some things? Because, you know, I'm kind of, I got some concerns. He said, I'll take care of that. You just stay with me here. And then one day I woke up after about a week and a half. I said, you know, uh, I just, in my mind, I'm thinking, I, I'm kind of tired tonight. I don't know if I can do it today. And, and he said, let's, just very softly, let's do that I love you, you love me thing. I said, Okay. And every time I would do it, every day, my day was laid out. 
He knew how to take care of my situations. All he wants is a friend. All he wants is someone to, to worship him and to pray and, and to dance with him. So well, let's uh, pray. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you, to be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you, give you peace and give you rest. God bless you. See you next week. Amen. Amen.